In the name of God, the holy and undivided Trinity. The ministry of Jesus Christ was teaching, preaching, and healing. In his teaching, he expanded the thinking of his hearers by explaining how the Hebrew scriptures foretold the coming of a Messiah and a messianic age in which God's reign would prevail over all people of the earth. In his preaching, he transformed the lives of his hearers by delivering good news of God's vision for a redeemed and restored creation. And in his healing, Jesus gave his hearers tangible signs of the presence and power of God's reign and God's realm as present realities for those who believe. He sent his disciples out on a mission to teach, preach, and heal in his name as he had shown them. They returned with amazing stories of how they were able to accomplish the same things Jesus was doing among those who believed. Jesus and his followers then and in every generation are called, equipped, and empowered to teach, to preach, and to heal. Last Sunday, Bishop Smiley challenged us from this pulpit to be instruments of God's healing in this community and in the world beyond. Today, I want to continue that theme as we share in a public service of healing and commission several of our members who've been especially called to the ministry of healing. Bringing healing to this community is in the DNA of this parish. At the turn of the 20th century, there was no doctor, no hospital, and no access to either. Emergency cases had to be taken by wagon or sled over Teton Pass to the railroad 25 miles away and then to Idaho Falls by train. Not all of those patients survived the journey. Had Jesus seen the people of Jackson Hole in that day, he might have observed that they, like those people in that deserted place in Galilee, were like sheep without a shepherd. Through the people of this parish, Jesus again expressed compassion when in 1913, St. John's brought Dr. Charles Huff and his wife, Edna Huff, the pioneer doctor and nurse to Jackson Hole. In 1916, St. John's Hospital was built right here on this campus. Originally, it was a small four-room log cabin with an operating room, a kitchen, and two patient rooms. In recent years, the hospital has been relocated and become a medical center. While it no longer is under the control of this parish, it still bears the original name, St. John's, linking it to the original mission to bring health and healing to this community in the name of Jesus Christ. St. John's Parish continues to be a healing presence in this community. People in need are able to find affordable clothing and household items at Browse and Buy. Proceeds of Browse and Buy sales make it possible for us to provide offices on this campus for the Community Resource Center and the Latino Resource Center, 
as well as the Jackson Cupboard and a facility for where over 100 people a day come to attend AA meetings. St. John's has also addressed many community concerns through sacred conversations and by initiatives that promote civility, compassion, and love. We've sent missionaries to Cuba and other parts of the world. This parish, through the years, like many parishes, has experienced internal strife. But reconciliation has prevailed, and the parish works at being a whole and holy community of faith. All of these are just some of the examples of the comprehensive ministry of Jesus Christ teaching, preaching, and healing right here in this missionary outpost. Today, we're focused on the spiritual dimension of healing that for us as followers of Jesus Christ lies at the center of it all. We know that modern medicine works wonders. We know that the hard work of reconciliation works wonders. We know that acts of compassion work wonders. But as people of faith, we do not stop there. We contend that there is a power at work in the world and in human lives that makes it all complete, and it is the power of the living God. Perhaps an analogy might help. Usually, a handshake is a good thing, depending on the culture. It could be a greeting, a sign of farewell, a commitment to an agreement, or perhaps some indication that I may not try to kill you. But isn't a handshake between two people who have come to trust one another completely something even stronger? We can't see the trust. We can't see the trustworthiness. But we know it is there because we have experienced it in that relationship with that person whose hand is extended to us. Likewise, a person of faith engaged in a healing ministry, believing God will use our actions in ways that are beyond our comprehension, has an extraordinary impact. And a person who receives such acts of compassion, believing God is involved, has greater confidence and hope for good results. Some healing is almost instantaneous. Other healing is a lengthy process. Sometimes we receive the healing of body, mind, or soul that we're seeking. At other times, the healing that comes is not what we asked for or expected, but often it is exactly what we needed. I've been privileged to witness physical healings that I can only describe as miraculous. I've also been privileged to witness spiritual healings that make physical healing almost insignificant. In every case, what stands out to me is the hand of God at work. Let me give you a couple of examples. First, there's Fred. I've always offered healing prayer and anointing in the churches I've served. And one Sunday in one of those churches, a parishioner named Fred came to the early service. 
He told me he had had x-rays on Friday that showed a serious medical problem and that he was to be admitted to the hospital that Sunday afternoon for additional tests that would lead to diagnosis and treatment. He asked for prayer and anointing and he received them. On Tuesday of that week, Fred came to my office to report what had happened. The medical team at the hospital did another x-ray on Monday morning and Fred's physician looked at the x-ray and mysteriously ordered another. After several hours, the doctor came into Fred's room and told him that the reason he ordered another set of x-rays was because he thought there had been a mistake. When the new x-rays came back, they were exactly the same. And the doctor said, both sets of x-rays tell us that the spots on the original x-ray are just not there. I can't explain it, the doctor said, but there's nothing wrong with you and I'm discharging you so that this bed can be occupied by somebody who's really sick. Fred believes to this day that the x-rays are evidence of the power of prayer to heal physical disease. And so do I. And then there was Debbie. I had known Debbie as a girl, the younger sister of one of my very best friends in high school. Debbie's sister, my friend, called me to tell me Debbie was dying and asked that I go and visit her. When I arrived at her home, I was struck by how in the photographs on the entry hall, she looked so much like she had when I knew her as a teenager, at least 25 years earlier. I talked with her husband who told me how he had fallen in love with Debbie five years before. And prior to their marriage, she told him that she had the AIDS virus. He married her anyway because he loved her so deeply and he was taking good care of her. When I went in to visit with her, she was just a skeleton. She didn't look anything like herself. But when she spoke, I recognized the spirit in her. She spoke of her death and my role in planning her funeral. I asked how her faith was and she said, it's never been better. I asked if she was afraid and she said, oh, I have a little fear from time to time, but I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of dying and I'm afraid for my friends and my family. We had a prayer, and as I prayed, I had my eyes closed and my head bowed, and I was holding onto one of her hands. And when I opened my eyes and looked up, Debbie had her other hand uplifted and her eyes closed, and she said, Thank you, Jesus. Debbie was able to surrender to the disease that racked her body because so long before she had surrendered to the one who laid down his life for her. The one who said, because I live, you too shall live and death shall have no power over you. Debbie died and we buried her two days later. Her funeral was a celebration of her victory a victory handed to her by Christ. Her physical disease destroyed her body, 
She was not healed of that disease. But God's healing power in her life made her a spiritual giant. So whether you desire physical healing or the healing of a wounded heart, whether you seek the healing of a mental disease or a broken relationship, whether you seek healing for yourself or for someone else you care about, I invite you in the name of Jesus Christ to ask him for it and trust him to give exactly what is needed. Christ's main method of demonstrating God to the world was through acts of healing and compassion. Our gospel text for today is an example. And wherever he went into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Wherever he went, Things like this happen. And wherever you and I, the body of Christ in the world today go, things like this are supposed to happen. And they will. That word healed in our gospel text hides a greater truth. The verb is the Greek word sozo, which is the exact same word used to describe salvation. For us today, as with those who first trusted in Jesus as God's Messiah, he is our health and our salvation. The healing oil and the laying on of our hands are outward signs of the inward healing power of God. We're invited to experience his healing in our lives, and like those first disciples, we're sent out to bring healing and compassion to those who are our neighbors in the mission field that begins at our doorstep and extends to the ends of the earth. The signs of healing in those places, maybe an article of clothing or a cooking utensil, a hammer and a saw, a place to live, or a voice that speaks the word of peace amid sounds of anger, fear, and panic. Amen.